No Block, No Rock, episode 11. We've got a special guest with us here today. Um, but before we introduce who our special guest is, Mike, get into some Javi's Taco business. Yeah, so uh, as you know, Javi's Tacos is our sponsor. If you haven't been to Javi's, give it a try. Their new location opened last week. If you didn't listen to episode 10, give it a listen. And uh, if you haven't had Javi's, they do have online ordering. So go to javistacosomaha.com and give that a try. Thank you very much, and let's, uh, let's hear from Mo Berry. Well, Mike just revealed it. We've got former black shirt, former team captain Mo Berry joining us. So let's, let's cut to that interview. We good. Special guest, former Nebraska linebacker Mohamed Berry joins us. Thank you very much for joining our podcast, Mo. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Hey, if uh, you want to start, Mike, if you had a question um, for Mo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's get this thing going. So, okay. uh, so originally you committed to, or, to Kansas State, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you explain that and maybe why you, uh, you flipped to Nebraska? So, actually, at first I was, I was uh, committed to Wisconsin and then, then went to Kansas State, then silent commit to Miami, which no one knew, oh. and then went to Nebraska. So, I was passed around, per se. Uh, and um, the reason why um, I went to Kansas State because of my friend Duke Shelley and Isaiah Zuber, who played there, um, that were from the same county and grew up together. So, I mean, but after visiting Kansas State, Manhattan, and Comparing after visiting Nebraska, I was like, no way. No way. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't pass up Nebraska for uh, Manhattan, Kansas. So I switched over to the Big Red, and uh, the rest is history. Heck yeah. All right. Well, you say um, you can't pass up Nebraska, right? <laughs> so there, there's this stigma about Lincoln mm-hmm. that's kind of like, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So how much of a difference did Lincoln make? you know, compared to Manhattan, Kansas, where it was just the clear choice for you compared to Manhattan. Because, yeah. you know, Kansas and Nebraska, yeah, same Wisconsin. area. So let's, let's compare it to Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, let's, and Miami, uh, Florida, right? And, and, and then you talk about, on the other side, you talk about Manhattan, Kansas. I, I would say, first, I, I want to play football. That's the only, that was my prerogative at any all I wanted to do was play football at the highest level and focus on football. So when it was when it came to picking the the school of my choice, football was the main focus. I didn't care about where I'm gonna shop, where my entertainment's gonna come from, what the ladies look like, what the other look like. Um, I didn't I didn't care about that. Only main one, two, three goal was to excel at football and uh, come out a better person. So. That's where I scaled um, my schools at, and uh, when it w- went to Miami, my mother, I remember after that um, official uh, visit, she was like, you're not going there. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> she's like, you're not, you're not going there. And I was like, oh, well, okay, well, that's off. And, and I really wanted to go there because I looked up to Sean, uh, Sean Taylor and Ray Lewis yeah. and stuff like that, and yeah. those were my guys, but that was all. And then... Uh, comparing it to Manhattan, it was just way too bland, and and people wasn't as excited. When I went to Nebraska, I knew that everyone was as invested in football as I am. You know, so yeah. that's why I wanted. I wanted to go to a place that felt the same way for the sport as I did, and I felt like that was in Nebraska. That's how it is. Right. That's literally all we got is football. Yeah. So that, yeah, everybody. And, and that's all that matters, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and yeah. and I was isolated. 
uh, you know, not, and it was fun. I had great times here, uh, but I was not looking far and wide and just staying, you know, almost like small town mindset. And only the things that matter to me matter to me and none else. Yeah. All right. Um, my next question, um, I just kind of wanted to ask you about how much, how much Lincoln was a culture shock to you. Coming from Georgia, it's no mistake... Nebraska is a overly white conservative state. You laugh, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're wrong about that. You're being interviewed by three white dudes. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. but, so, and I'm drinking bushwhack. Yeah, <laughs> drinking and you're drinking bushwhack. the sweet nectar yeah, with the right. guys. And, you know, <laughs> th- there was um, 2016 where yourself, um, Michael Rose Ivy, and Ishan Neal had mm-hmm. that moment before Northwestern where you guys kneeled. Yeah. And, you know, if you know me, I'm a... I'm a I'm all for that stuff, mm-hmm. and like, there's some backlash. Yeah. And so I was just kind of curious, how much of a change coming to Nebraska from Georgia was, for as a black man. I, I mean, you know, it's it's way different culture. Uh, I would say that the South, you know, um, I remember uh, bringing someone from here to my hometown, mm-hmm. and they felt it. You know, it's just. It's just different you know it's just way different than here and you feel that uh division just draw you know a line in the sand as they say or the dirt and um that's that's just different over here i don't feel it i don't care like and it has even given me this uh kind of confidence when i go back home like i just like look you could feel whatever way you want to feel but i really don't care and um that's just you or that's and, and that's to anyone you know um I'm happy I came here because then I've seen the other side in a different light. You know, um, let's say I I didn't understand, um, you know, white people per se uh, and didn't care to when I was in the South. But uh, seeing another light, seeing, you know, how there's a lot of similarities. And I'm a conservative at at nature. My parents are from West Africa and um, they're from, they're real ultra uh, conservative. So when you talk about, I guess uh, the principle of being a conservative, I am that. I was raised in that light forever, you know, right. uh, since the starting of time. So, but I mean, it don't mean that you have just because you're a minority, you have to be liberal. I think you could be a minority and be conservative, and you could be a minority conservative that's not racist or against your own kind. Right. I think so. Yeah. I, I I just that light there and. And I really think that's why Republicans lost this year because they didn't separate those two things. Yeah. But anyways, um, that's for another discussion. Yeah, absolutely. But I do. I'm I'm happy I came here because I just see the world differently through a, a more diverse lens, and I see uh, both sides. I've been to the South, Midwest. I've been to the West, um, and I just see things differently. And um, it's been a great addition to my life and my lens as well. And so now that you kind of like, it sounds like you kind of just packed, you're, you're, you're kind of putting your staple here back here in Nebraska, mm-hmm. um, living here and moving your, and starting a family here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider Nebraska like home now? I mean, is that kind of? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and to his point, I, it was at first, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> this, I've never seen these, this many white people in my life. Right? Where's the, you know, and, um. You know, but now it's like, I just don't see people, I see character. And I think when when you're forced to see everything in your life you've been, I've been 
Africa where it's all black people, we've been in the South where it's racist people, and been in the Midwest where people just don't care about anything but qualities and uh, character. And um, it's just now I just, again, I just see people. Um, I just love this place. I love this place because uh, everything is genuine and is a way, standard way of doing things. And yeah. if, um, if you do great things, if you're a great person, no matter the money you have, you're going to be remembered. If you're a bad person, you're also going to be remembered in that light. So the, the premium on character here is why I like it. And that's why, and I want to make sure I raise my daughter in a, in a place where, you know, she has those values that she un understand religion, that she understand, um, you know, just how to do things the right way, you know, yeah. and then not just do things that your emotions dictate and what makes you feel happy and happiness is, always going uh, wavering so mm -hmm. yeah i love this place i want to stay here no, that's, that's amazing that, yeah that's awesome and i mean to like to that point you know like do you think that recruits when looking at like lincoln and stuff and you know the difference between like you know maybe going to like uh somewhere in california or something like that like there is definitely a different like work ethic and a different uh like a characteristic right here in the midwest so do you think that's something a lot of people look at like a lot of recruits yeah. I just think, you know, people come in and they're immature. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I was immature freshman year, and they come in with this, uh, oh, I'm going to make it. Everyone's going to make it. This is this is just stepping stone to the next level. Yeah. Um, you know, I came in here, I had a different mindset. I wanted to be better in my school. I wanted to transform myself in general, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but I think many athletes, they come in here and it's like, okay, what's now, 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 now? Day one starter. And, uh, yeah, day one starter, day one fame, day one, everything has to happen now. Um, and I just think that's just such a lie, you know. I mean, regardless is what they say, like 1% of all co collegiate football players make it or something like that. It's just... Mm -hmm. You got to look at it as, uh, um, are you projecting upwards or are you dropping? You know what I mean? Right. If you're going to a place where you know you're going to continually, continuously project upwards, no matter if, you're, if you start, okay, your coach say you're starting freshman year, but can you keep on going this way after that? You know, or are you going to keep on going like this and whatnot? Is, there, is your character going to go up? Are, are you going to be a better student? Are you going to be better at every phase of your life? So, you know, media is doing all this with just shooting out this lavish lifestyle that's just not attainable and just not realistic and it's all facade. So it's just like, it sucks for these recruits because they're not, they're not, unless their parents are telling them the real, they're being fed just fabricated stuff and right, and yeah. and it, I feel bad for them I really do because it's like it's not true but when they realize that college is going to be done or they made too many mistakes they transferred four places already no one care about their character know them or they don't have a foothold in the community that they could continue after college right and they just it just it sucks so yeah it just and do you think that's why maybe the transfer portal oh. is running the way that it is is just people, they get in there, they got fed some lies, and then they're like, you know, this isn't this isn't home, this isn't what I, where I want to be. I, I, I think, look, the call, I understand the reason for for um, the transfer portal. You know, it's for those particulars that got screwed by co coaches and colleges. 
But Coach it's also yeah. it's also for those particulars, you know. Not everyone's good enough to make it. Not everyone's good enough to start. Not everyone's good enough to do many things, you know. But what we have done is defaulted to a to a culture or um, an age where people just quit and go. Just oh, I'm gonna pack up. This is not working. To next thing, next thing, and now that's the default. So. For the average guys, now you're learning to be quitters when right. how you're going to make it in this world is grind, 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 stay put, pedal to the metal. And that's not going to do it for you, you know, right. for the average guys, for the regular people. Um, and that's what that portal is making people feel like that. Just because it's hard now, just because I can't see my future at this school, just because I can't see the light, I have to up and leave. And... That's going to translate to life. I don't care how you say it. If you're used to just up, upping and leaving, you're not going to, it's not going to be something that is just going to go away when life goes hard or your family's going, situation is going hard. It's going to be like that. So it, it just, I do not like the transfer portal. I don't think the people who made it thought about it for the average guys or thought about it in a way of these kids are still 18 year olds. Right. And... Yeah. I don't care what you say. If I made, if I really followed through while I was thinking about 18, 19, and I didn't listen to my mom, I would have made some real dumb mistakes. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm just happy regardless that I stuck here and, and did my dues and it's paying off for me regardless. That's for awesome. Sure. Okay. Um, so let, let's shift to, uh, let's shift to your playing career a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, was there a game that you wish you could have had back? Like, is there one play? Is there a game? Is there something that just, like, oh. if you would have done this... Oh. It eats like, away at you. Yeah, like, something that you, you could still see when you're sleeping. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I would say, regardless, I just want to take back uh, 2019 Colorado game. Oh, my oh, God! Yes! I just, yes. I, that was the worst game of my college... No, no, of my sports career. Mm, okay. Like, ever. I never felt that... I, I just felt like I did not perform. I've never been that disappointed to, uh, uh, to myself. You know, I apologize to the fans and my teammates just because I felt like that was the worst game of my career um, in sports. And, and it maybe led to the reason why I'm here now. I mean, I, it was so many. It was the senior bowl there. It was everyone and their moms, their scouts, uh, that was a prime time, you know. Right, and, right. And if you, if I just performed that game and did horrible every other game, maybe we'll, we'll have a different discussion. But it's just in that that was not my best game, and um, and we didn't as a team. We played good and just plateaued and right. just had a horrendous. Um, they they came back and beat us and. It was just felt bad for the fans for traveling, spending all that money. It was just, if I could take back that game and trade all all the rest, I, I would do that. Okay. That yeah. Way. For what it's worth, you apologize. We forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you got you got three solid like okays on that. <laughs> no, I, I mean I remember that game. I was at my sister's wedding and I was already just like pissed off that my sister was getting married on a Husker game day. Yeah. Because like me, I already had my tickets purchased. In Boulder, Colorado, oh, yeah. I was supposed to be at the game, mm-hmm. and then I get this thing, finding out my sister's wedding date is on the Husker game, so I'm pissed. The rest, of the, like the whole day, I'm watching the game. Oh, we're doing all right. We're doing all yeah, right. 
Then things started going downhill, and guess what? Who went downhill too? Me. Yeah. Right. I started drinking a little bit too much. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So eventually, <laughs> I got to the point where I, yeah, right. I was, uh, I that that wedding night. I don't remember a lot from it, but yeah, right. yeah that, that was, was uh, crazy. Yeah, that was that was some crazy stuff. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I kind of want to ask you about Coach Frost. Mm-hmm. So you did play a couple years under the man. Um. <clears throat> So him coming in, there was hype about you know the offense, um, high tempo. We're going to be running and gunning, right? Mm. And so when he came in with Chenander, yeah, how much did that change your guys's philosophy from what you had before, like Chenander? Did that change kind of any I'm, of your preparation weekly? Oh yeah, I mean it's just I. I I would say, you know, we had three defensive coordinators. You know, we had mm-hmm. Banker, we had Diaco, and we had uh, Shenander. All three different mindsets. Uh, we switched from the 4-3 uh, to a 3-4. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are hard switches to overcome. And then in 3-4, we went through two different type of schemes within the 3-4. So um, different gap assignments, different method- methodology. I mean, everything is changed. As soon as you thought you had it, you didn't have it, you know, and then the coaches are coming from, you know, a different conference and they testing out things and just, you know, yeah. testing the waters and uh, some things do work, some things you have to tweak. Um, and the Big Ten is a, you know, different animal. You know, everyone, uh, not many coaches come into the Big Ten and are just, unless they come into a place like Ohio State that's just, Talent is, you know, They're just there galore, right you know. <laughs> yeah. so, Grow on trees, yeah. But even, you know, um, what's his name? P.J. Fleck had his growing pains in uh, Minnesota. He turned around. He 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 transformed that team um, two years ago, my, my senior year. They looked like a different team. But mm. it just, it, it, it was just, uh, it was hard, um, you know, playing at first just because, you have like all these gaps that you remembered and it's just the methodology is different. You're a young player and you're just trying to be comfortable. You're like, I'm tired of relearning. I just want to play. Yeah, and play. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to go out there and have like, I don't even have to think. I just need yeah. to go out there and just dominate and just, um, so it's, it's just difficult. I think, um, you know, I, I did want to see, I think everyone wanted to see a growth in, you know, year three, cause usually that's when it is, but you know, COVID or whatnot. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a new year, and hopefully they pick it up just because, I mean, you know, the fans deserve it, the players deserve a good program, and that's what should happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I know as soon as Scott Frost, like, walked in the building, you know, uh, he started coming out, and he's like, you know, the, the, the weight training, like, the guys aren't mm-hmm. anywhere where they need to be, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so what were like some? What were some of the differences? He was already calling them out as soon as he walked in the building. So what were mm-hmm. some of the differences between playing for like Scott Frost and Mike Riley? Uh, I think you know first. I, I just don't feel good about you know just putting the past coach you know under. Yeah, right. You know? sure. Yeah. Just because again, Mike did his did his thing. You know, at one point we was four number four in the nation. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we are number four six right going into Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, two thousand. 17? Yeah, Western Western brought that up. Yeah, yeah. That's so you got yeah you got to understand we was a good team under him and uh, we went to luckily two bowl games. For, <laughs> <laughs> all right, but um, 
You know, I just think the biggest thing, it, and I know people hate this word, but it's culture. And I think um, that switch between Riley uh, from uh, no Bo to Riley, something happened there mm-hmm. that redirected the face of this program. Right. And I do believe that because you can't like quantify how we were so great and had like just this chemistry and this uh, kind of swagger to us. And you compare it to some of the years I've been there and just talking to former players and talking to players that went through both transitions. Uh, it just something happened with a the culture there mm-hmm. that altered our I don't and I'm not going to blame it on you could say it's Riley but is it really um him cuz I I feel like it's almost the players in the past felt hurt that they took away Bo right. maybe right hey, maybe maybe they didn't give fans. maybe they didn't give Miley the time of day and made his job um hard and rightfully so they shouldn't I mean and not not uh, justifying it but you know they the players back then loved Bo. You know, they oh, yeah. they loved him he was as a player's like, coach. So if you thinking about the players was you know firing Bo the right thing, I don't I don't know. If you ask all the players, they would say no. So I mean, it just something happened there, and I don't know. But uh, I would say Riley did the best he can. I think Coach Frost is doing the best he can. But both could agree on it's not hard to win here, and, and something happened, and the coach has to be fixed. Right? Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think Mike Riley was dealt kind of a shitty hand? It just uh, to say it's like when no one wants you there at first. It's just and it's not because no one hates him, no malice. It's just they. It's almost like you don't like your stepdad because you love your dad so much. You know what right. I mean? It's, it's not that you hate your stepdad, but you you loved your dad and yeah. you don't know why he's out your life. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. I, I think is that concept there can make it more understandable to people. Um, and that's just the difference. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this wasn't my question, but I'm going to steal it from yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, talking about Frost again, mm-hmm. do you like where the program is, where it's heading? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were talking about these coaching changes kind of throwing players for a loop, mm-hmm. kind of changing, you know, terminology and all that right. stuff. Should we just keep... Do we need to keep just going through this? Do we embrace the suck and just right. kind of we're we're seven years with Frost, no matter what? Like we need consistency. Like where do you kind of stand with I just, Frost? I, yeah, I just think I see it two ways. I see it from a coach's perspective, and I see it from the fans' perspective. I think first, um, like I told someone, Coach Frost, regardless if you like him, love him, not, he has to be the one. I mean, I just think first you're not going to get a coach more qualified than him coming in. Right. Um, I think he has to be the one because if we can't afford another switch in scheme and uh, methodology and uh, mentorship, I just think he has to be the one, period. And I think that conversation of uh, firing him is just silly because it's not going to happen. And it's just like it's – making him think about other things that he shouldn't be thinking about. And he's a great man, and he's a strong-willed man. But when you talk about firing, I don't care how strong-willed or minded you <laughs> right. are. You're t- you're, that's his career on the line, and people yep. are threatening that. I just think, don't think it's smart, and I think it's a silly thing to even assume because in the end of the day, I don't think 
a lot of coaches in the nation are looking at Nebraska job as, oh, I want to coach there. Yeah. They've seen it like, oh, look, <laughs> my career, my name could be tested if I come here. You right. know what I mean? Yep. And so we just got to embrace not sucking. We the expect from the fan standpoint, support like you do, and 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 analyze as as you do. If you don't see it right this way, yeah, analyze. Love the sport. Love your football. Know your stuff. Um, and it's up to the the media to really um, manage that. You know, direct the traffic the right way and yeah. put the right articles out there and navigate everything the information around so people understand more and not assuming uh silly things um uh, so I, I just think in the end of the day fans should love football but um and and keep on if it's criticism criticism that needs to be there some people grow with the fire you put them in a the fire they become better you know um but this this notion of firing and think I just think everyone knows it's very silly because I yeah. don't I just think it's not gonna work. He has to be the one and Adele, and and I think he's he's doing the best job that he can right now. Right. Yeah. It's almost like the transfer portal with you know the athletes. It's like you know and that if sucks. something doesn't work in three years, just firing. You know, it's like right. it sucks. And I guess yeah, it, and that's what the transfer portal. That's why I came because they were like, oh yeah, coaches could leave whenever. Y'all could get rid of coaches. Coaches could leave whenever. So why players? Right. Yeah. And again, I still think it's stupid, but yeah, it's that sucks too. Losing people like Wandell and you know, dang, it just yeah, it is it, a lot of suck parts about that. But we just gonna have to make do. Yeah. So you were a team captain, and mm-hmm. speaking of transfers. Um, today, Cade Warner announced that he's going to K-State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manhattan. Manhattan. Out there. Uh, Little Manhattan. Oh, he's with my, uh, my brother. Uh, well, basically, he's my brother, Daniel Imator Bebe. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sweet. My guy. Yeah. yeah he's a yeah. tight end there. Yeah. Yep. Wait, so wait, is it, did his brother play for Illinois? Yeah, Josh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I know both of them. They're okay. like, my God. So I'm going to go to K-State games this year. Heck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get to see Cade, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's your former teammate, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's let's go to current event. Uh, spring ball just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you reflect on your spring ball? Did you like it? I mean, what what did you think of spring ball? Shoot, I, I used to love spring ball. I just you practice to have a day off, practice. So that one practice, you just dominate, and you know it was more lighthearted compared to fall camp. I don't know one person that liked fall camp. <laughs> fall camp was just horrible, but I mean. Spring ball, it's fun. Like it just really, I do miss spring ball, spring game, all that. I just miss it, and uh, I think the kids are gonna have a, well, not kids, uh, young adults, gonna have a good time. And um, yeah, I, I just, I'm excited for them. So here, here's the thing. So with spring ball, as a, as a upperclassman, did you ever like lick your chops when you got like some like hot shot freshman coming in thinking he was gonna run the show? You guys like want to put him in his place? Oh yeah, yeah. You always do, uh, just because you know. No, the funniest thing is when I seen this these kids. Uh, they would come in all cocky, just high headed, and you know it happened to me. Um, but then you see them after practice one. <laughs> <laughs> Jerseys all in tatters. And then you see them right. practice two. <laughs> And then practice three, you don't even know they're in the locker room. Right. You're like, <laughs> they're all quiet. <laughs> and you know, I laugh because that happened. You know, that had literally happened every. So I noticed that from 
after my freshman year, I was like, okay, how many people go through this? So I analyzed every class, and I'm just watching, and every every class is the exact same. I'm like, oh my god! And this is even worse, fall camp, because fall camp is like, then right. then some kids start doing bad stuff, and they start. It's like their will is almost broke with someone, <laughs> you know? But then you see the ones that are special because it's like, yeah, they're mad that they're not performing, but it's like they're like, I'm about to go harder. Right. And you see, and I think the coaches want to see that too because then they see like, oh, this kid, everyone else's will is broken, but this kid is putting in more work. He's, he's I mean, he's mad that he's not doing good and he's going to be aggressively uh, approaching his goal, you know, and yeah. uh, no one could tell him none. And it's a lot of kids that I've seen like that as well. Okay, so along that same line, can mm. you name any kind of specific freshman that came in that maybe juked you out of your shoes and you're like, oh, okay, that's how it is. Okay, or maybe one that you laid the wood on and you're like, hey, uh, welcome to the big show. Uh, <laughs> sure, I, I guess. Um, my favorite interaction, though, I'll remember. It was, uh, and you know, it was me and Maurice Washington, you know. And oh, he okay. comes in fall, comes in late. That guy is running fast, running hard, skinny guy, but mm-hmm. good, great power uh, and great speed, right? And we meet in the hole and then boom, you know? And then, yeah, of course, he goes backwards, but he's like, let's go, <laughs> let's go. So I'm like, okay, you know, at first I want to be like, you know, who, you know, like, I'm about to, you know, you don't want this, you know? And then, and then, but it almost got me happy. I was like, let's go. <laughs> I was feeling young, so you know, say what you want, and you know everything that he he's done has, has been there. But I mean, right. practicing with aggressive and competitive guys like that was fun. You know, com- practicing with Stanley Morgan, where you know his love for the game is so high, yeah. it's so yeah. genuine. It's not fake. It's not right. some that uh, coaches around. So I'm like, ah. you know, it's like he enjoys practicing and he he enjoys just balling. Um, so having those teammates is what made uh, things fun. So to answer your question, I, I got juke before, you know. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think every defender has gotten oh, juke yeah. before. But, sure, sure. But I, I would say that moment with Maurice is one that I enjoyed having. Yeah, yeah. And that also brings up the question, like, you know, you know Iowa and Wisconsin, you know, mm-hmm. those power runners and stuff yeah. like that. And just constantly over and over again just meeting those guys in the hole. Is there, like, a situation or a person – that you just remember just getting your, you know, your clock clean, trying to meet him in the hole every every play. Uh, I mean, I would say, I, Minnesota was the hardest running team I've ever seen because they're always trying to spear you with their helmet. You watch that game and they're just like running down. Calm. <laughs> you know, I really, oh, I hate that. But um, yeah, that's how they ran. They ran hard and low and just very low and sharp, and you know that was different. Um, but I would say. Honestly, the fight is not even the running backs. It's the linemen. You know, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> that's like total war with these guys. And um, and that's that's how it was. Like, uh, I remember Wisconsin. That was like the Great Wall of China. <laughs> uh, every time they came out, I couldn't see any of the running backs until three yards, four yards down the field. I'm like swifting through. And it's like these six, six guys. Coming at you, not my senior year, but I remember my junior year. Oh, my God. That line was just tall. So, yeah, I mean, I just feel like the fight would, you know, um, and, and when you talk about Iowa, it's always aggressive with those linemen. We're oh, always yeah. 
it was doing some dirty under the pile <laughs> and stuff like that and I got this finger lagging. Oh my god! What happened there? What the heck? So you know, you know, it's, it, I love the linemen in the Big Ten just because they're they're real aggressive and and they really give you a, a run for your money. Yeah, and you see over and over again, you see these targeting calls, you know, on linebackers and, and really anybody on the defense. Um, and then you know, you hear like former players like yourself talking about those guys coming through the hole and spearing you with their helmet every play, mm-hmm. and it's like. Where do you draw the line? You know, where do you make it you can't for avoid everybody? It, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just say, like, honestly, um, we all know when someone's trying to hurt someone and when someone's not. Right. Um, you know, when it's between the tackles and stuff like that, I just first thing they, if it's running back spirit someone, first, that's not good for them. I've seen, I had a player um, and when I was in middle school, in the high school district I was at, he got paralyzed. Oh. Uh, he was a senior football player, got paralyzed because he speared. And I was like, they need to rule that out as much as targeting, you know? Right. Um, so that has to go away. But at the end of the day, yeah, some players do. You have this will when you you play defense to hurt people, you know? Yeah. You know, it's something about you. you. You turn almost animal instinct when you play the game. And that's why people love it. And that's why men play the game of football and why? Because it's just almost gladiator-ish, you know. Yeah, yeah. It almost close to MMA, but it's not, and it's it's strategic, and it's it, everyone has a huge part in it, mm-hmm. and it's being played at the speed of light and yeah. one play at a time. So it just, I just think they, it's a good thing to have it, but it just make it fair, and right. I think. I think that's intent is a huge thing that they need to look at. Yeah, but some players, too, you got to understand, like, yeah, you can't hit people. Um, you know, you can't just try to destroy people's head or you can't put your head down. Like, we've been, un- like, they've been saying, don't put your head down for the longest, you know. And yeah. I, I got targeted and it was stupid. And some plays that I thought was going to get targeted. But it's, it just happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's an instinct game, you know. Yeah. It's, it's quick. Uh-huh. Got to make a decision. You got to go. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's easy. It's easy to you know talk crap on a guy when it's in slow motion. Yeah. Right. Just you're playing it. That's the worst part. Is like when it's you like, see yeah. a guy like when you're breaking down a play and it's in slow motion. Yeah. You can make anything look bad in slow motion. Yeah, you can. But some like I, to your point, um, some people just do make. <laughs> some <laughs> people just do make stupid decisions, and I, like when I got targeted. That was a stupid decision. That was totally stupid, and I shouldn't do, do it. And and there's so some people that do the same thing. So you you got as a coach, you got to tell them, look, focus. Just always like play the game, play the game. Yep. Right. You know, right. yep. that, that's just the like Tom Brady. Like, what he does well, he's not the most talented, but he knows how to play the game. Right. You know, and Absolutely. that's all that matters. Right? Yeah. Hey, so uh, what? The, the one time I talked to you, you talked about like that that hit that you had on uh, an Ohio State running back, and you said that was like that was oh, yeah. a play that you were like, I know I lit this dude up. Oh yeah. Can yeah. can you describe that for the for the listeners? Oh yeah. So it was I don't know first half, um, and it was like I would I would say we was I don't know. So it was me and J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State, um, huh. and okay. we were yeah. in um, it was what prime time. Uh, college to game day, and he ran. I think it was a sweep to the to the right, my left, and we just, you know, he was about to get a first down, or it was like right there, it was by the marker, and I remember defeating a block going under, and then I went, boom, 
boom. And then it just like literally accelerated and he literally made this sound like, oh, something like that. And I, was, and I just got up so hype. I didn't know if he made the first down or not. Um, but I remember just when I, as soon as I see him, because I was pissed, the first quarter I missed the tackle on him. So I was like, I when I see him again, I'm about to light his right. down. I don't care what, I don't care what down it is. And um, yeah, that felt good. And, and we had another encounter in 2018. It was likewise where we met, uh, it was a speed sweep, it was a, a sweep again. It was open field, just me and him, and we hit each other and both went colliding the other way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, was, that was fun. So hitting a guy like that is fun, but you know you got to bring it or you're not going to tackle him. Heck yeah. So you were like a fiery guy on the field, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and I feel like if I had to name a guy in the last five to ten years that actually like wore that black shirt like on his on his chest mm -hmm. and like was proud of it mm -hmm. every play throwing the bones firing his mm -hmm. defense up mm -hmm. you were that guy yeah um, swinging your arms around yeah. i mean <laughs> can you describe what it what it felt like to get that black jersey uh like the tradition yeah like describe the experience describe like how they kind of like presented it to you especially from being like a guy that's from not not from nebraska yeah. like yeah they, they preach that that black shirt tradition to you i, I just think you know it's honor. It's all about honor. And you know, when when you know that this thing is of the highest honor in the state and the team, you're presented with it and, and, and people that came before you and select few, it's almost, it's all about exclusivity, you know? And when you're exclusive, when it's an exclusive group of uh, guys and great players that have played the, uh, the, the position at elite levels, you know, Levante, David, you know, Barry Rude, people like that come in and, and you know the expectations around it. It just felt like, uh, I remember junior year, I practiced like my life depended on it. Because I was like, you know, I got in my sophomore year and I didn't deserve it, you know. And I, I knew that and that's why I gave that one to, to my coach, Coach Bray. And, and I wanted him to have it because I felt like he deserved it more than I did, you know. Okay. And, um... But junior year, I remember I got it. I was so stoked about it. And I literally ran every practice because uh, I remember uh, Jason Peters came in and he said, um, you're not working hard unless if he, you pause the clip, um, like a video clip, right, a video frame right by the ball. And if you're in that frame every play, that means you want it, you know? Yeah, right. And if you're not, then that means you don't want it and you don't deserve the black shirt. So I was literally, junior year, I was Everywhere. determined yeah. to be around the ball every single play. You were all Big Ten that year, too. Yeah, yeah. And because and, he said it. He set the standard. He came in there and said, look, this is what has happened. And if you're not doing this every play, you, you're not deserving. So I want to make sure, even in practices, I will run across the field, everything to condition myself. And, you know, I wish he gave me that same speech senior year because I don't know. I, I, I still was around the, around the <laughs> field, but nah, I remember junior year, it was like I was possessed. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it meant a lot, and that's why I, I always played hard. I always put my, um, you know, put everything on the line, and I, I just felt that the, the program deserved it, and the, I really loved the fans and wanted to prove a point. Yeah, yeah I mean, you did a, an excellent job at that. Uh, you brought up uh, uh, Jason Peter, right? So can you say that guys in their 18s, 19s, 20s, can they relate to those guys from the 90s when they come in and say, 
this is the this is the standard. This is the way to do things. This is the way we did it back in the nineties. Yeah. Back in my day. Back yeah. in my day. Yeah. Can, can you relate to those guys? <laughs> I, I think you can. I, and people want to say it's old school or new school. I just feel like people that want to win have they're odd. Winners are odd. Mm -hmm. Winners are not cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something weird about every. I've met so many winners, and some of something about them is odd. You know, yeah. it's like they move a certain way. They. It's just they believe in this concept that they believe whole, wholeheartedly and they have to replicate and they have to be consistent at it every mm -hmm. single time, right? right? And what they preach with a lot of 90s players and that come back is that very thing and the desire and the repetition and literally repeating just good every single time. Yep. And then you're known to be great, right? And because some people are good and then they're horrific and then they're back good, you know, and and that's that's what they preach and effort, like Ray Lewis says, is literally in your control and has nothing to do with talent. And you just have to have a desire that's like unwavering. And that's that's what they preach. And that's what if we have that on our team, a desire to win and execute and, and be perfect and. And it's like don't don't hate yourself for being per not being perfect, but you have to have the desire to want to be perfect. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's up to your coach to say, hey, hey, hey. But your desire is to be perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's what they preach. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a coach, there's only so much you can do. I mean, yeah. you, you got to. You go can't out give there someone and... desire. No. Yeah. You yeah. can't. Yeah. You can't. Speaking of coach, do you ever want to get back in, maybe do some coaching on the side, do anything like that, or are you kind of like... Uh, yeah, you know, um, I might coach at Scott Catholic if um, my daughter could get half off a uh, tuition. Hey, Heck yeah! <laughs> that's a win-win. That's a um, um, yeah, um, yeah I, I would like to be in coaching. I will. You know, real estate is going well right now, and after I build that, uh, yeah, I definitely would get back into coaching and... Or get into coaching. And well, I know you were with the Warren Academy for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I think, you know, the players, how well they started doing. Even, you know, they had the talent. They just needed to know, you know, certain things and how to play. Some guidance. And and they started to do some great things in 7-on-7, seven seven, you know. And and I know they're going to have good seasons this year. So Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a coach eventually. When that is, I don't know. But... Just because everything's going good right now, and then yeah, when I get even more mature and and feel like I could give the players even more, I would do college, uh, high school coaching, not college. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not traveling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, stay home with the fam. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. Um, All right. You guys got anything else? No, man. Hey. No. Okay. Um, well, Mo, thank you for your yep. time. I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. We we love it. The listeners love it. They love yeah. hearing from you guys, hearing yeah. that raw opinion and. Um, let's, let's plug your, uh, let's plug your real estate right now. So what, what are you doing? Where are you working? Let's yeah. let everybody know. Yeah. So previously I was at Berkshire Hathaway and, uh, just, uh, transferred my license to KW Elite, Keller Williams. Um, you know, I, I think first everyone know the market right now in Nebraska is crazy and, you know, all throughout the nation is crazy. Um, but I think Keller Williams, uh, provide better uh, better technology to, to list your home, better connections. And then me as an agent, it's all about the relationship. You know, I think all relationships should be genuine and, um, you know, uh, 
just excellent service should never be compromised. So, you know, I just think uh, no matter the agent, anyone could sell a house right now, but just giving you the insight, uh, selling it fast, making sure what your non-negotiables are and the terms in which you want to sell your home or buy a home is sought after and you're getting taken care of is what matters. So that's what I feel like I could do. And um, if anyone is interested, either uh, call me at 404-740-9458 or follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, Suave, S-W-A-V-E-Y. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, everybody go hit up Mo if you need a house. I'm sure he'll greatly appreciate it and he'll hook you up. He'll, he'll take care of you. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having, having me here. And uh, as always, go Big Red. Hey, hey, man, thank you so much. I know it. All right, we just want to thank Mohammed Barry again for stopping by the NBNR podcast, discussing, you know, defensive things, former coaches. It was nice to get a former Black Shirts perspective. Yeah, and a guy that played for Scott Frost. We haven't had a guy yet that actually played for Scott, so it was cool to to get that perspective a little bit. Yeah, it it was nice because, we you know, we had two wide receivers before, you know, that play at the same time, so it was nice to get another, get the other side of the ball involved this time. Yeah. We, we might get another one here uh, maybe in the next week or so, so right. stay tuned, guys. Yeah, and um, again, guys, thank you for following us and listening to us. Um, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Follow us on Twitter at NBNR Podcast. That is the No Block, No Rock Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, and Kyle Byers. And as always, GBR.